So I figured before um, starting the actual podcast, we talk a little bit about the absolute egotistical interview that was put out yesterday. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, they're having an emotional Uh, reaction to a television drama. Is that what you mean? I think that's the one, yeah. (laughs) You know... I think that's the one. Yeah, that's the sentence of the century. I didn't even read through the Me whole neither. thing. I, I skimmed the first question. I skimmed the rest, and I couldn't take any more. I didn't even skim the rest. I was done. <laughs> so then I sent it. I sent it to my friend, who is not a major crimes fan. I said, "Can you just read this and give me your opinion on something?" And her immediate response was, who is this asshat? (laughs) Thank you. It's not just us. It's other people say, what the fuck? So, Donna, you put out a series of tweets. So, um. It was uncontrollable rage. (laughs) (laughs) I don't blame you. I mean, Lauren, what was your reaction? My reaction was pretty much that you don't badmouth your fans if you want to have another show. Mm-hmm. And to discount, maybe he doesn't. May, well, maybe he doesn't. And if you discount why people watch the show, you're not a very good showrunner. I mean, writing aside, if you don't understand why people watch your show and try to, you know, keep them happy and keep them tuning in, then your show's going to tank. So being pissed off that people came to the show because of Mary McDonald is just really, really childish and immature. Because, I mean, that's and honestly, what he used her for, right? It is what he used her for, and it worked out very well for him. So instead of being pissy at us because we didn't appreciate the way that Sharon's character was treated, he maybe should have listened a little bit more and figured out why we didn't like the way that Sharon's character was treated. But that wasn't his goal. That's too much for his ego. Yeah, that, that was can't not do his that. goal. And that's unfortunate because that just, you know, has created a PR shitstorm for him and turned off a lot of people. Huh. I really hope he sleeps on a banana. <laughs> <laughs> it's my wet dream now. I, I heard I really hope he sleeps on a banana and I'm not that's sure what, I what heard that too. would do. Yeah. And then I like, noticed that it was slip. Yeah. I'm like, well, that would be messy, I guess. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> Intake too much deserve. potassium and have a cardiac arrest. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Donna meant. Cardio, my office, bitch. That's why she's president of the Salt Club, folks. Of the irrational Salt Club. We can have subcommittees. Like, you can be president of... You can chair the uh, Salt Committee. And then we can have a fan fiction committee. Lauren can chair that. And uh, we can have alternate ending slash gift set making. Betty can go for that. She can be chair of that. And I will just congregate everybody and create podcasts. I'm the chair of that. I think you also need to be the chair of finally getting around to watching BSG. <laughs> um, what? Fine. <laughs> I didn't read one word. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did you read the part? Where he said that uh, he cried when he had to put these scenes together? Yes. Oh, my God, yeah. He oh. cried because his show was ending, because his huge ego won't have, like, a, an outlet. 
Yeah, I have my doubts that uh, he cried at all, frankly. <laughs> yeah. Big trolls don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, there's a big part of me that wants to not respond at all to the article because I don't want to give him more, you know, fuel to his ego fire. But then there's also the petty part of me, and that, that's usually the part that wins. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe that's why he does that, because there's nothing to fuel his ego now, so he has to create a shitstorm every, like, a month. Well, yeah, that too, but I also think that he really wants to believe that he is this master creator of this perfect show, and the fact that people don't think that, I think it really upsets him, honestly. Fucking good, it so. should. Yeah, but that's, you yeah. know, that's, that's the price you pay when you, when you write or you create something. Not everybody's going to see it the same way you do, and you just cannot control that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just gotta or take your lumps and that, shut the hell up. Or tell people that they're basically idiots who don't understand anything. Yeah, you just can't tell somebody that they're watching your show the wrong way. Or that they take it too hard. Yeah. Like, don't tell people how to feel, you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, God, I want to be in a room with him. Please, let me... <laughs> God. You know, you usually... wind up. This, this podcast is going to put Donna on a no-fly list to Los Angeles. <laughs> I was going to say, usually when a woman says that, it's about something else regarding the man, not because you want to beat him up. <laughs> well, let's change that stigma. That's our Donna. When a woman wants to be alone in a when well, I don't have to be alone in a room with him, I just have to be in like a you just have to be in arms yeah. distance. Arms reach. Yeah. <laughs> well, I need to um, look up some definitions on uh, the Merriam-Webster website. The first one is fan. An enthusiastic devotee, usually as a spectator of a sport or a performing art, or an ardent re- admirer or enthusiast as of a celebrity or a pursuit or a show, performance, etc. An actor is one who represents a character in a dramatic production, a theatrical performer, one who behaves as if acting a part. And an author is the writer of a literary work, such as a book, one that originates or creates something, preferably new, and not based off a character from another show. (laughs) (laughs) Then I found some quotes. Quotes on art. Art enables us to find ourselves and lose ourselves at the same time. The principles of true art is not to portray, but to evoke. Fantasy is hardly an escape from reality. It's a way of understanding it. On script writing, good old Alfred Hitchcock says, to make a great film, you need three things. The script, the script, and the script. And scripts are what matter. If you get the foundations right, and then you get the right ingredients on top, you stand a shot. But if you get those foundations wrong, then you absolutely don't stand a shot. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) And another one, you can't fix a bad script after you start shooting. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Mary McDonald had two quotes on acting. Actors are part of a certain percentage of people on this planet who have an emotional vocabulary as a primary experience. It's as if their life is experienced emotionally and then that is translated intellectually or conceptually into the performance, which she very much did 
as Sharon Raider, given with the very shitty script that she received. Yes, definitely. (sighs) (laughs) And then, on being a fan. To be a fan is to be curious, and to be curious is to have openness. Part of being a fan is to allow 360 degrees of experience, to immerse without judgment, fuckhole. It's like a really fearless step forward into a new experience. Fandom can keep something alive, and fandom can take it down. Just ask the X-Files. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, could you tweet it and tag him? <sighs> I might, I might, I might. If you won't, I will. <laughs> or or you, can, you can open a page for uh, the podcast and tweet it from there. <laughs> Ooh. Maybe. Fandom, after all, is born of a balance between fascination and frustration. If media content didn't fascinate us, there would be no desire to engage with it. But if it didn't frustrate us on some level there would be no drive to rewrite or remake it, which is called fan fiction, which is what we're doing because the ending sucked. (laughs) (laughs) And then I have... Word for it. What did you want? Well, for me, I just realized one thing, (laughs) and it's a narcissistic personality disorder. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I don't know, maybe just because I'm studying for the exam. <laughs> no, yeah, so uh, while you're talking about it, this is what's in my mind always. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Does he actually what? show symptoms of narcissistic personality disorder? Well, I think so, but I can't say for sure. So, <laughs> but maybe. <laughs> From a fandom point of view. That was an excellent diagnosis by Dr. Betty. (laughs) Oh, thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Well, I'm just glad to know that at least Donna cares about the fans, unlike some other people I could mention who work in Los Angeles and write for a TV show (laughs) and suck. That's all I'm saying. Who might you be talking about? Just, you know, just throwing that out there. There might be some people out there like that. Or trolls. Yeah, there's a few trolls out there. Motherfucking trolls. But not here. <laughs> not here. We love our fans. You are not irrational. You are very rational. Rational, strong women. All of you. Yes. Treat yourself to something. <laughs> yes, please. And I don't want... Because I, I see a lot of things on Tumblr and Twitter about people actually getting really upset about it, which you should be. But also, I don't want this to engulf you. Like, do yeah, not don't... let this lead your life. Like, you need to kind of feel it and then step back and say, I felt it. He's a fucking dickhead. I'm going to go on with my life and live it the way Sharon Raider would want me to. Yeah, don't give him his, this power. Don't let the male ego get in your way. Nope. Exactly. Betty, do you have something inspirational to tell her? <laughs> get a beat. And I leave you with, 
If you're betrayed, release disappointment at once. By that way, the bitterness has no time to take root. I wouldn't say at once. I'd say let it simmer for a little bit, release it on Twitter, and then let it go. I can't let go of my bitterness. <laughs> Maybe I should just pick Ever. a different quote. Hang on. <laughs> okay, this one. This Maybe one. other people can do it. Disappointment to a noble soul is what cold water is to burning metal. It strengthens, tempers, intensifies, but never destroys it. Nice, yeah. I like this one. Okay. Although my soul is not noble, but yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> you might want to consider your, uh, your target audience here on that one. <laughs> we have different definitions of noble, yes. I think. <laughs> If noble is total trash, then yeah. Yeah, I'm the, in that case, I am the most noble person I've ever lived. <laughs> <sighs> All right, back to our regularly scheduled programming. I'm your host, Stephanie, from Rhode Island, USA. And I'm Lauren from Los Angeles, minus my cat today. I'm Dana, Israeli, from Germany. And I'm Betty from Hungary. And here we are. We're starting with season one. Which was mostly in our heads, the Shandy scenes. Yeah, for the most part. Oh, oh Shandy scenes were in our hands, so... Yeah, that's true. Uh, in the first seasons, yeah. But then he asked her out. Okay, okay. Okay. Some comments as I watched some scenes last night. Um, Provenza looked so young in season one. Yeah, he yes. really did. Wow. And skinny. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> But also, um, Tony, <laughs> they all, both got old. Yeah, they did. They did. And Mary looks the same. I'm so happy for women everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and the iPhones were so old, too. <laughs> like, it was... It but when you so watch strange. the closer, you see her uh, oh my flip God. phone or whatever the you call it in phone. English. Yeah, yeah, that was phone. killing me. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anyway, the very first Shandy thing that came up was the morgue scene. Yes, where... the eye sex. <laughs> oh, my <I> God. <laughs> and he's just uh, undressing her with his <laughs> eyes, and she says, yes. <laughs> I'm telling you, that scene when after he finished yelling at her and she yanks the gown off, I, I was expecting her to keep going and then just pull him into a closet. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> And she's like, Andy. <laughs> I think it's the first time she calls his name or something. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Yes, yes. It's the first <laughs> time that they put their minds together to work at something. Like, they came up with the... The theory that it was the cop's son. Yes, Somebody sure. with a military background. But, I mean, just the way that they looked at each other and smoldered at each other. I, I don't know how anybody watching that or directing it didn't say, yeah, you know, I think we got something here. Yeah. Seriously. Well, we saw it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Damn, I needed a cold shower after that scene. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think that when he yelled at her and he saw that she was just, um, you know, continuing to be professional and, and actually listening to her, that was the moment when he said to him, okay, she's, she's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's like the turning point of the relationship, I think. And that's when he gave her the first piece of advice for working right. major crimes. Yeah. Yes. To know the name of the victim. Yes. Yes. 
I remember. <laughs> it's not like you didn't just watch it or anything last night. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I didn't, bitch. <laughs> but I did watch those scenes many times, so yeah. By the way, we're going by a list that Donna created because she apparently has like a stash of all Shandy clips from season one till, <laughs> till their wedding. All um, and... <laughs> yeah. so, very wow. practical for gift makers. It is. I, that's actually yeah. very clever. If you follow a show from the beginning and just, yeah, that's good. It's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, next one was the third episode. When they were at the hospital and Rusty was complaining about being woken up at 6 a.m. and dragged to the hospital. Oh, yeah. It was so annoying there. Yeah. Uh, thank you for looking for my mother or whatever it was. He was trying to be sarcastic. Yeah. And then Andy says, uh, are you finished? Because that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and Sharon smiling, trying to cover her smile somehow. Yeah, but the thing that my favorite part of that scene is when she turns around, whips around and said, you did get a warrant for that, didn't you? And he said, well, you think this is my first time or you think I'm new at this? Yeah, that was so flirty. And then he gave her that little that little Andy smile. And she gave him this look. (laughs) Yeah, little little smirk back. (laughs) Love. Where is that dress? We never saw it again. I know. Uh, it's that's too bad. The, I like that dress. First and only time she wore a flowy dress. Yeah. I love that dress. But I don't know. It's kind of uncharacteristic. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's kind of more of a yeah. Brenda thing. Yeah, it was a little too little too flowery for Sharon. And also padded. maybe maybe on Sunday she would wear something like that, but to work. Yeah. What is it a so, Sunday that they got pulled in? Maybe. I don't remember. Lauren, do you remember? <laughs> they did not specify whether or not it was a Sunday. Head cannon, it was a Sunday. Okay. <laughs> Wait, actually, no, it was medical causes, so it was either a, it was either a Saturday or a Sunday, because she crashed into a club the night before. Mm-hmm. Probably Saturday then. Uh, who knows? Who goes to a club on a Sunday? No, no, no. But the the accident was the night before. Okay, so we can say the accident was the Saturday night. It was either a Friday night or a Saturday night. Headcanon accepted. All right, let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) Betty, are you still awake? Episode six. Yes. (laughs) Just a second. It's a little past uh, bedtime, so we have to keep an eye on her here. How can anyone fall asleep with our voices in their ears? (laughs) Maybe we're soothing. I don't know. (laughs) Episode six. Andy yes. knows someone at DCFS and has been looking for I'm so angry at him. So angry at him. For saying that? Yes, how dare he? <laughs> Wait, I think I missed that. What? I don't think I watched that scene. Uh, yes. When they were yes. trying to figure out how to find out information on Daniel Dunn, Andy said, well, I know somebody at DCFS and I've been looking for a reason to call her anyway. Oh. You don't remember that? No. He calls Lorenzo's phone, and oh, they are standing there. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm a regular citizen calling with an yeah. anonymous death. <laughs> Rust is dead, or something like that. You're an yeah. American hero, you. and I don't tell you that nearly enough. <laughs> I want to tell you that the three people that were back then in the fandom on Tumblr were very angry. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. 
Are those the same three people that are listening to us right now? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Maybe. Um, let's see. The next one on your list is episode nine. Yes. This is actually one of my favorite episodes of the show and by far my favorite episode of the first season. And yeah, that was yeah. my... They were together the whole... Oh, yeah. Every time she left the room to have a, you know, sit down with somebody, she'd just kind of jerk her head and Andy'd trot along right behind her. It was like, good mm-hmm. boy, Andy. Good boy. Yes. It was a loyal puppy. Yes. Oh. But, yeah, that armpit, that's actually when I was thinking about my favorite Shandy scenes, that armpit is one of my favorites. Armpat. She doesn't even look at him. She just reaches over and pats, and he just immediately calms down. He's like, and now the captain asked you. And she smiles. Yes. Yes, because he's yelling. and oh, it, it's good He's stuff. It, such he's a, a loyal dog. pup. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and she says, damn it, in that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, she said uh, very few times, damn She's, crap. She said, damn it, in... I hate the shame game. Yeah, yeah, it was in the shame game. I hate to be, uh, what was it? I, I don't know. You're the expert in remembering things. It's like, I hate to be supervised this way or something like that. Yeah, I hate to be monitored. Yes, monitored that way. Right, yeah. right, right. Um, the scene where Sharon are arguing with Cynthia. Is it Cynthia? From yeah, the DC? social worker. Yeah. 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 Seven. Yeah. I don't know what episode it was. I think it was. Outside the break room? Yes. And they were arguing with her, like they were a official couple trying to argue for their foster son. It was very sweet. It seemed like they were dating at that point, but no, they weren't. Supposedly. We don't know that. <laughs> I, right? Well, we can imagine it. And, yeah, uh, but it did feel like a very unified front. Yes. Yes. They built a front and they kept building it. They were unified really, in the beginning. I really yeah. wish we could have known why Andy chose from the beginning to be at her side. Because before that, he couldn't stand her in the closer. Well, it got better in the seventh season, but still. He just I think automatically... What? Well, I think that, the, you know, going back to what we said about that argument they had in the first episode is that he, he respected her. and um, But I think that there were lots of little moments in the season, seventh season of The Closer where she would say something so Sharon Ritter-esque and he'd just kind of smile. So I think mm. he grew to appreciate her. Plus, you know, she's hot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and by being with her, he gets to stand at her side or behind her all the time. So. Exactly. I think he prefers behind. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> Unless she's wearing a V-cut blouse. Then he prefers the front. Then he prefers the front. <laughs> okay. It really depends on when she we- what she wears. Exactly. I know. And there were a lot of mannerisms that really defined Sharon Rader in season one that we don't see in season six or five. Yeah. Or four. Yeah. It's like she lost that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like they the both whole... lost who they were. Yes. The whole, like, tilting your head down and the eyes go up thing. I don't know if you can mm. picture that or if I'm saying yeah. that correctly. And when she stands at the door and points out without mm-hmm. saying a word. The Darth Raider, that's what yeah. we're missing. Yes. She had a much more commanding physical presence. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, she did. She had a presence. That's the word. She has a presence. Had a presence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have one Shandy scene that didn't happen in season one that pisses me off. Okay. Six. Long shot. The last episode when they're <laughs> when they're going to the. Uh, to the restaurant to try and smoke out the killer, and she rolls up with Provenza as her date? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on! Nobody's going to believe right. that. Right. <laughs> That's true. <gasps> and she's, like, taking his arm. He's, like, so disgusted, like a yeah. five-year-old. The things I do for this job. Bitch, look who's <gasps> touching you. Shut up. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Damn. All right, season two? Season two. Okay, the first one on your mm-hmm. list, Donna, is actually the one that I was going to say. That is episode three. Episode three, yeah, the uh, when uh, Mike's uh, under the influence—that's what it's called. When Mike's little badge of justice friend is on, and he's talking about how um, interview listening in on the FBI's interview is unconstitutional, and she just turns around and looks at Andy and makes that little hmm <laughs> in his face. In his face, it is the cutest thing. And then he immediately goes all pit bull again. Yes, yes, she sent his dog. <laughs> yes. It's such a, it's like a really unprofessional thing to do to sort of like hum and moan at your, you know, second in command. <laughs> That's why I just thought it was so adorable. Well, yeah, I mean, look what happened to him in my comments. Exactly. <laughs> but what was I going to say? <laughs> I just had to reread it. I'm sorry. <laughs> For those of you not reading the comments, Donna theorized that after that little hum, Andy might have, little Andy might have stood at attention. <laughs> that was a nice way to put it. <laughs> little Andy. Yes. Not so little. Andy's proto-style came right up front. happens in Europe or other countries whatever but when you're walking through the produce section and the water suddenly turns on to like where is it coming from there's little sprinklers in the vegetable displays no no it doesn't happen in <laughs> Germany where I live anyway well in the, our or supermarket in has that yeah. to kind of I don't know why actually to fluff is, the produce I guess yeah how how long does they stay there, the, the vegetables? It's Do America, I don't stay? know. What? Yeah. I actually wrote down stuff about the first episode and the second. Why? Nothing happened. Um, well, in the first episode... Andy's standing behind her for like an hour. Yes. That's important to the relationship. <laughs> the reason why he's behind. We said this already. No, but in... Um, Episode one with the, oh my God, what was it? It's the director of the pregnant wife. Yes, yes. And they're talking with the wife or the second wife. And she says, well, that's what happened with me and his, the first wife. I don't know. It gets very confusing. So the woman leaves and Sharon goes, the first wife. And Andy makes this face like, oh, but it was so cute. And then in episode two, I forget, I completely forgot about this. He faints from high blood pressure. Yeah. Yeah. I yes. forgot that he did that in season two. You forgot? Oh I, my I, God, I, I hate that, that scene. Forgot. I hate that scene because 
you see Sharon running, and then she never arrives. Where is no. she? No, instead you see Julio step over poor Andy, who's passed out on the floor so he can wave at fucking Emma Rios. Yeah, that was so stupid. Uh, oh, why didn't Sharon come to, like, uh, give him mouth to mouth? Oh, God. And then episode eight? The big one. Oh, episode eight. <laughs> Wait, I know. Let's talk about episode five. DOA, what which is the one where Jack shows up again. What happened? That's the episode, oh. yeah, where Jack shows up. And I, sorry. Andy says, I always liked that guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How quickly did it change yeah, in one like, season? I, uh, that line has always annoyed me because there's not really any reason why he would like Jack unless he knew him back in the drinking days, which is what is the theory in most of the fanfic I read. Yes. But, you know, even Taylor knows that Jack was a shitty husband. So I can't imagine that Andy, knowing Sharon at all, would think that he was in any way, shape, or form a good guy. Okay, That's just my uh, personal until opinion. Episode, until episode eight, Andy and Sharon was, weren't friends, so he didn't really know the details of their marriage. Well, neither uh, were Sharon and Taylor, but he knew the details. Yeah, but Taylor was a big gossip. We all know yeah. it from the... the Closer days, so he knew everything about anyone, and uh, I just think that you know it goes well with and with the closer Andy uh, character because he was like uh, you know a dick. So he, why yeah. wouldn't he like Jack? That's <laughs> true. That's true. That's that's actually a very good point. I love Sharon and Jack scenes. I loved every single one of them. Me too. Especially when she scares the shit out of him in her kitchen. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good one. Nasty <laughs> with the lamp. <laughs> yeah. But I just love her, you know, kicking the fridge door shut and that yeah. look on her face. It was, that was fabulous. I, someday I want to be able to make an entrance into a room like that. <laughs> you can, hon. You can. You can practice right now. <laughs> <laughs> that might... Open your office door. <laughs> open. And go right out. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to pass on that. All right, do it at home later. Whatever. Next time you get a man at your home, you can scare him <laughs> like that. And I'll never get laid again. <laughs> yeah, it depends on the guy. That's true. <laughs> you can get yourself an Andy Flynn, you never know. That's true. <laughs> if you like I that. don't know what accent that was, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> At least you speak English. Okay, so the I Like Weddings episode. Yes. Yes. I love how she saw that he was in a bad shape and she took him under her wings, like I wrote in the comments. And uh, called him Andy the whole episode. Yeah. And just that inviting herself to the wedding. That was a pretty Mm -hmm. bold move for Sharon. Remember that uh, back in the days when we talked about it in the fandom, there was like this te- theory that um, he came into the office not only to ask permission, but also to ask her to come with him. And she kind of guessed it, so she invited her herself to make it easier on him. Okay. But I don't know. I, I don't know that I would agree with that, because like you said, they didn't really have a personal relationship. And he seemed pretty flustered when he was like, well, how would I introduce you? It was so painful when she said, I'm a married woman. And yeah. he said, it's not like a date. Oh. Yeah. Of course not, Lieutenant. I'm a ma- I don't know if she says Lieutenant. <laughs> of course not. I'm- no, I don't think she says anything like that. Of course not. I'm a married woman. 
Yeah, and it was so frustrating. And then we thought they were never gonna be. They're never gonna be together. She's married, and they can't. And... <laughs> <laughs> you were in for a wild ride. <laughs> well, not nearly as wild as we'd hoped. Right, that's what this podcast is for. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and then there's no place like home, which is as Donna says so eloquently, the old people's trial. <laughs> The geriatric trial. (laughs) (laughs) I do love that episode. It cracks me up. Especially I love Tim Conway hitting on her. Oh, yeah. I like her hair and just the look on her face. It's so classic. Do you play dominoes? What was the question? Was it dominoes? Oh, I could, yeah, I could teach you. And she says, I already know how to play dominoes. Yeah, I bet you do. Yeah. Yeah, and then then, uh, fancy purses like all my ex-wives had. They all look like you. My ex-wives, not the person. <laughs> yeah. I've seen that episode well, from a lot. A shan- huh? From a Shandy point of view, there wasn't nearly enough scenes. No, there but wasn't. But it was a cute. Yeah, the that moment at the uh, at the trial. Yeah, yeah, they were sitting so close together, and like, what happened after the ep- the wedding episode? Yeah, I, re- I mean, I really would have liked to have seen something at least a little bit following about the fact that they actually had a personal night out. But just the way that they made that quick eye contact and she smiled and immediately looked away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You could see that something was happening there. Already. Yeah. Yes. She was feeling something but trying to not, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think she's she was ignoring her feelings for a very long time. Yes. And I remember that Mary, I think Mary said in an interview that uh, Andy can cut a rock. <laughs> like, they were always trying to complete the scenes for us. It was very nice of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They danced in the wedding in her head. Oh, so. absolutely they danced. Yeah. And then they banged. I wonder if <laughs> <laughs> Of course. <laughs> in the bathroom place where they had the wedding. <laughs> well, if the reception was at a hotel, then all I gotta do is just go right upstairs and good time was had by all. No. Too early. <laughs> yeah, not if they've been no. banging since the closer. <laughs> oh Let's just say they weren't. They weren't. They okay? weren't. Let's go with the official canon. Okay. The, the, the whatever. Uh, I think they just danced, and as we know, when she wasn't listening, he introduced her to the family as something more than she was. Well, no, I think he introduced her as my friend Sharon, and they just chose to interpret that as my and friend say, Sharon. And he didn't say otherwise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think she took a centerpiece home with her, like flowers, and she had it in her home. Like, that's another headcanon of mine. See, you think Sharon stole from the wedding? No, like, you can win the centerpieces. She won a centerpiece. Like a table game. She played a table game and she won it. Fuck you, she did not steal. She follows the rules. Who plays plays the table game at a wedding? What? Oh my god, you're a Jew. You don't know. No, I gotta, I gotta stay with Donna on this one. I don't think I've ever played table games at a wedding unless you count who can get drunk the fastest. No, like, Which, by the way, games. I'm really, really good at. <laughs> we'll see that in May. <laughs> but you never played, like, um, stupid games like no. pass the dollar around the table when the music stops. Whoever has the dollar wins something. No, no, those are like baby no. shower games. No. Yeah, not at a wedding. <laughs> no, I... Mm, wait, I gotta think of another one. 
No um, games in weddings. We yeah, just no, I've eat never... and dance. Yes, there are. <laughs> Not in Jewland. Okay, all right. <laughs> this is how we're going to settle this. Our three listeners out there, call in or send us a tweet or a, a message on Tumblr if you've ever played a game at a wedding. <laughs> Other than Plenty let's get drunk and make out with wedding. the bridesmaid. Besides, like, yeah, no, there's, there's plenty. Wait, I just want to put one picture in your mind, which is Sharon and Andy slow dancing. Oh, And she's maybe playing with the hair on the nape of his neck. (gasps) I don't think, no. Maybe after a few drinks. And did he smell her hair? Oh, yeah, absolutely. He sniffs her hair. (laughs) That's creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Let me sniff your hair. Okay, so the one that Donna left off the list is in Backfire in uh, episode 10, where they have the prostitute um, FBI informant get killed. That's the scene where uh, Taylor says Chief Johnson could have Yes, I wrote this down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How could I forget it? I don't know. I don't know. And Andy just, once again, bulldogs up and stands up to defend her. And I was like, oh, God, that's you, you manly man. I love you. (laughs) <laughs> she would have, but we'd be back to defending ourselves in court. Yes. You're such a Also, Sharon's dog. hair looked very pretty in that episode. Yes. The hair gets yes. better and better, and then it mm-hmm. goes downwards. This is season four? <laughs> season four was the beginning of the end for her yes. beautiful when she, when, yeah. she, when she cut her hair short, I think the hairstylist didn't know how to handle it. Okay. Here's another question for, for the listeners. What I asked Lauren, what was the worst hairstyle <laughs> in uh, the miniseries of Battlestar Galactica or in season six? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ooh, that's tough. Call in with your answers, people. Yeah, you're going to have a long list of things to call in with, by the way, <laughs> so keep track. <laughs> also in that episode... She is telling, I forget who it is, whoever she's talking to. It's like, I'm not the kind of person who gets bogged down by the rules. And everyone's like, WTF? That's not that episode. That's jailbait. Jesus, fuck. How do you know this? Oh my God. <laughs> is that, what episode is that? That's the 13th episode. Oh, I see the arrow now that points down to the third one. My bad. (laughs) That's okay. I'll let it slide. Freak. I want your brain, Lauren. (laughs) (laughs) People ask me me questions at work all the time. Like, did we do this or have we seen this? And I'm like, I don't know, but I can tell you every plot line from Days of Our Lives in the 1980s. (laughs) (laughs) Jordan Marlena forever. <laughs> Meanwhile, Betty and I are like, we weren't born. <laughs> uh, episode 11. All caps. Leave it. Leave it. Okay, here's the thing about, again, Donna's list that's hilarious. This is what Donna wrote down. Cleavage. She does this thing with her lips, and he does this thing with his eyes. Never doesn't mention where Sharon is having a deep emotional moment, and Andy says, 
for what it's worth, worth. you did great. Yes. No, it's just Andy's looking at the boobs. Do you think I can listen to what they say when they're like that? Yes, you have to listen to what they say. I did when I watched it originally, but then I I could stop. <laughs> and I could focus on the on the important stuff. Leave it. He was standing above her in a strategic, strategically good position. That was a there was a, a button extra there on that uh, blouse, Captain Raider. Don't think I didn't notice that. She oh, so you were looking it. too? Yeah, I was looking. Of course, I was. <laughs> I was shocked. I mean, you're sitting like that, and he's standing above you, and your boobs are outside, and saying hello. <laughs> You're okay with that? Hey, for what it's worth, she did great. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if he told her that after the first time. (laughs) It's better than saying, yeah. But then, you know, I'm sure Andy was like, how did I do? And Sharon said, fine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, poor doggy. Episode 13. Is when she says, I'm not the kind of person who fits Yes. <laughs> and Andy says that he's seeing a psychiatrist. Which I thought was interesting. That's in 14. No, it's not. It's in 13. No, it's the same app that he calls her Sharon and asks her to the Nutcracker. Lauren? I think it's yes, in that's right. 13. Oh, hold on. I have it, the episode cut. I have the whole thing. Move on while I fact check. All right, fine. Yes, it is, because Andy says that uh, he's going to psychologist or psychiatrist, I don't know, because uh, he lied about Sharon, I think, to her ex, to his ex, sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's when he's told Provenza that he... Yeah, okay, then, yeah, that is in episode 14, yes. Oh, fuck. You see, fuckers, when I know something, I know it. God damn it. All right. And then she says, Andy, please, like, shut the fuck up. We're talking about the case. She manhandles him in 13. Where? Like, um, they're in (laughs) 42, I think. No? Yeah, 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 when they're, like, uh, shooing the, shushing. (laughs) Yes. We're going to electronics. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! With the uh, the uh, the yeah. the neighbor, the guy with the wig. Yeah, and he, the, you know, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's the first time she pushes him to get him to where she wants him to go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you it gotta yank the excuse. leash of the dog. <laughs> <laughs> it was just an excuse to to get attached to his body. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna say what I thought of when you said that. Say, say it. <laughs> It's really this is a safe place. Safe place. Are you Dad. sure? Come on. Yes. <laughs> I just pictured um, how an octopus kind of like just drifts in the water, but then if you want to attach they just go <laughs> Okay, don't talk. say anything for this I think <laughs> yeah I, I don't even have something to uh, to add to that moving on <laughs> oh that's also when 
Provenza keeps telling Andy to ca- stop calling her Sharon. Yes. yes. That's her name. And Sharon's like looking at them. What's happening there? Do you think she knew they were talking about her? Because Andy yes. was screaming, that's her name. That's yes. her name. <laughs> well, I think she knew something was up. And I love the, um, uh, when he's pacing around her office, giving the puppy oh. dog looks inside. And Sharon said, what's wrong with Andy? Is he depressed? No. No, he's depressing. <laughs> And close to the end of the episode, he w- he burst on that uh, suspect, and she tried to stop him with her hand. Yeah, she touched him. <laughs> Sorry, you said burst, and uh, oh, and then don't even ask her what she means by that because we don't want to know. Move on. <laughs> well, I I think Tony Dennison did a really great job in that scene, and I love the way that that all played into his frustration with his family and everything, and the way that she was so attentive. I mean, even though Sharon's never really the one to go out and comfort people in her team, she's always very aware when something's going on. And I appreciate that. But mostly I appreciate him. I know she does. (laughs) What do you appreciate him for? What do I appreciate Andy for? His uh, peas and carrots. His dick! one that wants a serious conversation but you guys i, I don't really tell you this but i'm pretty sure we've ruined stephanie <laughs> no i'm still waiting to see her commenting like betty does on tumblr with perversion <laughs> that's true it's all your fault <laughs> i am very proud of myself and you <laughs> i'll get there we are going to yank all the innocence out of this fandom yeah absolutely <laughs> if james stuff couldn't do it we sure as hell can Yep. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay, what I was going to say, which again, surprisingly, was not a dick joke, was what I appreciate is the end of that episode when Andy comes in and tries to talk her into, or tries to convince her that he needs her help with ballet. And oh I my was, gosh, yes! Yeah, and I also appreciate the fact that Provenza knows that Sharon's daughter is a dancer with ABT. But yeah, the whole, that whole conversation. It's no, it's not, but I mean, I don't know what my coworkers' daughters do. Yeah, but they've been working in the same department uh, for many, many years. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. The LAPD family. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I just love how Sharon was so open to that conversation. And at the same time, you could tell by the look on her face that she was not fooled at all. Oh, God, yeah. And and when she said, do you want to tell me what's really going on? And he just the smile on his face. He's like, oh, no, not really. I loved that. That cracked me up. You know that this scene caused fandom wars. Because the non-Shandy Shepherd said that he was a liar and he was a bad person for not telling her the truth. Oh, that doesn't surprise me at all. I think it was the Hobbs Raider <laughs> Shepherds. <laughs> they always try to rain that out. That freaks me out. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone can ship what they want to ship, so you know, yeah. don't rain on anyone's parade, fuckers. Well, I mean, I agree. It wasn't exactly <laughs> the most grown-up way to handle the situation, but this is Andy Flynn we're talking about. It was also, at least in my opinion, extremely in character for him to do something stupid. Oh, absolutely. Yes, but, you know, I just, uh, I'm rewatching Battlestar Galactica, and in the episode with uh, Bulldog, when he comes back, uh, there's almost the exact same scene where Laura says, "Do you tell me what's happening, and he's like, no. Yeah. yeah. So if it was good enough for Bill, it's good enough for Andy. <laughs> <laughs> well, part of Andy Flynn's charm 
is this stupid boyish demeanor he has sometimes yeah. about things. That's part of his charm. Yeah, sometimes it's over the top, like with the, the episode with the realtor and the restaurant. Yeah. I didn't like that. It was too obvious. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you, you guys know how I feel about the episode with the realtor. You love it. It's my favorite. It's my absolute favorite. But yeah, I mean, the whole like Andy's awkward. And one of the things that I really love about Andy's awkwardness in their relationship is that he's not trying to play the suave macho guy or, you know, the the womanizer, the player. He knows that Sharon would not be on board with that at all. So he's trying to figure out how to be the guy that she would date. Mm -hmm. And I like that. It throws him off his game. Well, because the suave macho guy was Jack. Yeah. And she doesn't need any more of that in her life. But I would have loved to see Dick Andy from time to time. Not to her. But to somebody else, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I miss Dick Andy. I like Dick Andy. Which is different. Andy's Dick. Andy's Dick. (laughs) Join us next time where we talk about season three, four, and five. That might not be accurate. Yeah. Well, we might only do three and four and then leave five as a sound. We'll see. This podcast was brought to you by Andy checking out Sharon's cleavage. Very nice. Hi, ladies. So I'm going to try and relatively quickly say what really, really pissed me off about the James Duff uh, parade interview. So I think we're all in agreement that the one unique thing about Major Crimes fans is how intelligent they are. And yes, people didn't like what he did, but they didn't attack him, or most people didn't attack him by saying, you know, I hate you, you're a rubbish writer, and that being the end of it. What most fans did was they managed to identify exactly what they didn't like, why they didn't like it, and ways that it could have been avoided or dealt with better in the narrative. And they presented those arguments to James Duff and to other fans really clearly and concisely and James Duff has clearly not read them is just blocking his mind off from them which is very sad in the article he does not address any of the arguments and concerns that were put forward by the fans he didn't even have the decency to take the time to address them or acknowledge them that I find very disappointing. What I find abhorrent is the fact that he chose to objectify and belittle all of those opinions and views by collectively calling them irrational. And the problem with using the word irrational is that if you look it up in a thesaurus, you will see that it has many, many meanings and all of them stand back by implication to the person uttering the irrational thoughts. By saying something that's irrational, you are irrational. I think we can all agree that calling somebody irrational is not a very nice thing to do, regardless of their mental state, the soundness of their argument. I personally would never think to call someone irrational. I think it's one of the most insulting things that you can call someone or, the, or you know, the most insulting attribute that you could apply to somebody. And that is what he has done to a not insignificant group of fans who loyally watched the show, supported it, 
when many, many other viewers were deserting. And I just can't wrap my head around why somebody, anybody would do something that mean. Because that's just what it was. It was mean and pithy. And let's not forget that most of the fans that he has called irrational, that he has insulted in this manner, are women. That amazing demographic that has always been called irrational or hysterical when men don't agree with what we have to say, when they want to shut us up. And that is what I think really, really pisses me off about this whole situation. Um, because by calling us irrational, he makes our accomplishments, our achievements, irrational too. He is belittling, disregarding our achievements and our contributions to not only our families and friends, but, you know, our society and culture in general. And I find that so unforgivable. And all of this is compounded by the fact that women have to work twice as hard, four times as hard as men to get the same thing. It is just the way that the world works. And it sucks. Women know it sucks. And for us to be told that we are irrational when we have approached something in the most rational way it's just shocking and it's particularly shocking and disappointing to come from a showrunner and a writer who has put himself out there as being supportive of women in the workplace as being someone who understands recognizes, wants to shine a spotlight on the problems that women face in the workplace. He's just a complete hypocrite. <laughs> I can't hear you well, Betty. Betty, we cannot lose you. Stay with us. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Stay awake. Stay the fuck awake. What? Do you not understand what chair means? You probably don't. It's not like chair? an actual chair. A chair. A chair. Chair. So they, if you're a, the leader of a committee, they say you chair the committee. Who said that they don't know what a chair is? <laughs> <laughs> I know the word chairman, bitch. I just wanted to make sure there are cultural differences. <laughs> Betty, did you know what a chair meant? <laughs> No. Oh, thank you. <laughs> What's wrong? I don't know. I just started laughing. Did you fart? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> so you're just weird, okay? Yeah. <laughs> you knew that though. Okay. Yep. I'm your host, Stephanie, from Rhode Island, U.S. What is that? What? That rambling noise. Ignore any sounds. I don't hear anything. Yeah, that was the Am seventh I the only episode. One who barely hears Betty? No, I barely hear Betty. I don't know why. There you are. <laughs> there yeah. You are. <laughs> oh, better. Okay. I know. <laughs> it's more of a in my mouth, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's like what I have to do. We don't want to know what you have in your mouth, okay? 
He's practicing. <laughs> Leave her alone. <laughs> okay, can we move on from this? Yeah, because yes. I mean, I got a conference call and or a meeting in half an hour, and I really have to go to the bathroom. All right, well, <laughs> not gonna lie. Too. <laughs> okay, well, there's one. There's one that Dana left off the list. Hello, Mary McDonald's fans, and not major crimes fans. Hello, irrational people. Uh, hi, irrational people. How's it going? We are the president, <laughs> vice president, and secretary of the club. Welcome. <laughs> oh wait, I forgot me. We have. <laughs> wait, who's the president? <laughs> who's the president? I don't know. I think it's Donna, yeah. Yeah. I'm the president president of the Salties. <laughs> we could to keep be it a Democratic track. Party. Yes. <laughs> all right, are we done? I know you have a meeting, Lauren. Yeah, and I again I'm about to pee my pants right now. Okay. <laughs> I'm so glad that we are at this level in our relationship. <laughs> Hey, just be glad I'm not working from home because I would have taken the phone into the bathroom with me. Oh, my God. Oh, too bad. Shucks. You have an exam on Saturday? Yeah. The oral. What? The oral exam? The oral exam, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I've heard this could be stressful. Um, excuse I mean, me, what is the I podcast? Is it ready? It's halfway done. No, it's mm. Tuesday. <laughs> it's not going out till tomorrow. But today is Tuesday. <laughs> okay, tomorrow's Wednesday. <laughs> what do you want me to say? I have today to is major crime today. Today is shit show day. You should have done it instead of shit show. <laughs>